Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Little known fact, not too long ago, the director Cheryl Caller called me up and said, I have been asked to gather a group of New York actors to do a reading of a Terrence McNally play called Morning, Noon, and Night because someone is doing a documentary about Terrence McNally and they want to include actors working on some of his writing as part of the piece. So I said yes. And that day, me, Jason Danielli, Billy Porter, and an actress who I'd admired but didn't know named Nicolette Robinson sat around a table, started working on this play, and had a really, really incredible day talking about the theater and working on the great writing by Terrence McNally. But something else happened that day. A friendship was formed. That thing where you meet someone and you feel like you've known them your whole life, even though it's only been a day, that happened. And that magical person is a guest on the podcast today. Welcome, Nicolette Robinson. A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everyone. My guest today is Broadway star Nicolette Robinson. She is currently playing Jenna, the lead in the Broadway musical Waitress. Other theater credits include Invisible Thread, Brooklynite, Witness Uganda, and A Little More Alive. On television, she plays Jane on Showtime's The Affair. Other TV credits include Heart of Dixie, Unforgettable, and Cold Case. She's the winner of the Princess Grace Award. She is married to Tony Award winner Leslie Odom Jr. She is a mom. She is doing eight shows a week on Broadway. And I am so thrilled and honored to welcome Nicolette Robinson to the podcast. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I thought that I would start our episode today with like a word association game. Mm. So I'm going to say three words and I want you to say whatever comes to mind, okay? (laughs) See if I'm any good at this. I know you're going to (laughs) be. Sugar, butter, flour. I almost interrupted you. I thought you were going to say sugar, and then I was going to be like, butter? Flour. So for the five people on the planet who don't know why those would be the three words I chose, there's a song in this beautiful musical Waitress written by Sarah Bareilles Mm -hmm. and Jesse Nelson. Mm -hmm. It's based on the film Waitress that Adrian Shelley directed and wrote, and the main character, Jenna, who's the lead of this Broadway musical, and I don't think you leave stage for more than 20 seconds at a time. (laughs) Those are words from a lyric that is really beautiful and makes kind of a stunning stage picture. So that is why those were the three words I chose, but I've been hearing them nonstop in my head since Mm. I just saw you in the show. And I'm starting with that because this is your Broadway debut. Yeah. It's a big role to start with. It's massive. It's it's a huge amount of responsibility. I am just so overwhelmed with gratitude and love and I'm just really having the best time ever. It shows like <laughs> when we get to watch you in it. I want to just ask you very briefly, mm-hmm. briefly, very briefly, <laughs> briefly. <laughs> could you briefly describe um, a kind of truncated version of the story of the show for the As I said, the five people who don't know what Waitress is. Yeah, yeah. Well, the show is about a woman, Jenna, who I play, who is in a very unhealthy marriage. And um, she works hard at a diner every day. And she, she is an amazing pie baker. She creates these incredible pies that um, she really just makes every day at the diner that she works at. And, um... Really, the story is about her journey to finding herself, to finding her um, her strength and her ability to, ability to say no or to, you know, make decisions for herself instead of making it for everyone else around her. Right. And it's also about the, the relationship she has with her two best friends who also work at the diner with her. And she ends up having, uh, I think I'm allowed to say this part, she ends up having an affair with another man who... Um, is her gynecologist and it's really like you do you know as we do (laughs) (laughs) not my gynecologist not mine either but (laughs) husbands we jest (laughs) exactly no worries (laughs) but yeah it's really about her her journey to finding her strength and her and and it's a lot of themes are for the woman experience Mm -hmm. um, you know about motherhood and about supporting other women and lifting each other up. It's it's a really beautiful story created by a team of really strong women. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to sort of, if I can, sort of weave in. It's so much about how we grow up, what the lessons are from our own childhood that we carry mm. with us into our adulthood. It's kind of very cyclical in the story of Waitress, kind yeah. of where she begins and, and without spoiling anything for the viewer of the movie or the show, where Jenna ends up in her own journey of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Los Angeles, Beverly Wood, to be exact. It was West L.A. Mm-hmm. with my parents and my younger sister. And um, they were the most supportive, amazing parents. And um, 
I fell in love with the theater at a very young age. They were both really involved in the theater. In what way? Well, they used to be performers. They both met in high school at Fairfax High School, and they both... I know Fairfax High <laughs> yeah. School. Did go. they go to Cantor's after school? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay. But yeah, they both were in the theater department, and um, my dad, I think, graduated right before she... My mom was in school. He was four years above her. So, But he came back and was working with the theater department a lot. And so they became friends through the theater department at Fairfax High School. And so after they had me, they, my dad was... Are you... You're the oldest? I'm the oldest. Of the two. Okay. Yeah. Just me and my sister. Okay. And my dad, he's... He wears many hats in different careers, but he, when I was a kid, he was a, an acting coach, a director, actor, and both, both of my parents sing. My mom was a choreographer, so I grew up just sitting, leaning against the rehearsal mirror, watching my mom work and the wow. rehearsals going, and um, so I was just, I was enamored. By, smitten. Yeah, oh yeah, fully smitten. And can you think of like <laughs> early cast albums that are the soundtrack of your childhood? Oh yeah, I mean, I was that kid that would put on cast albums in the living room and just do the entire show in my living room <laughs> for Is myself. Is your sister a performer also? She's not. I mean, she's an incredible dancer and she also has a beautiful singing voice, but she works as a psychologist. She works with young kids. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I... I just remember we had this big screen TV and it would be off and I would just like see my reflection in the television and just perform the entire show of whatever As if you were in- Oh yeah, <laughs> just watching myself perform it. So I'm amazing. <laughs> some of my favorites were I loved Ragtime. That was one of my first theater experiences as like a cognitive like semi-mature little kid you know they came to the Schubert theater in LA and I remember that was my first experience crying in the theater wow you know so I loved ragtime I loved the Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and um Aida became one for me like especially in high school that I just loved I mean I listened to so many Gypsy and Fiddler on the Roof. Were you one of those kids who said to your parents, like, I want to do this professionally? Did you want to, as a kid, audition for stuff? Yeah. Did they let you? I did for a little while. The funny thing is my mom, my parents were so supportive. And my mom always said, you only did it for the love of it. Like, any time you didn't like something or didn't want to go on an audition, we wouldn't make you do it. But, I mean... I really just loved performing. So I did do a little bit of television when I was a kid. Did you have an agent? I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was so not hardcore at all. How I do you just, get an agent? I'm just curious. Oh, God. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't have one right now. So Well, <laughs> I can help you with that. Thank you. Is that really true? No, it's true. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> insane. Well, I, Why? Why do you not have an agent at this very moment? Well, I'm lucky I have a wonderful team of managers who I'm working with, mm-hmm. but I had an agent for a while who's incredible and, um, you know, works really hard and and has an amazing client list. But I'm that kind of person who I don't want to just do anything, you know? I, mm-hmm. feel, I feel like this career is so hard enough as it is, and also now being a mom, which right. I left my agency when, I mean, we parted ways amicably when I, before I was a mom, but I just don't always want to go on every opportunity that comes my way. I just need to feel passionate about it. It's so much work. It's yeah. so hard. It's You put so much into it, and I don't ever like to do anything half-assed. So I, I only want to go in for things that I feel passionate about. So we butted heads quite yeah. a bit about that. And yeah. not everybody 
you know, feels that way about it. So I just, that's kind of why I stopped. That's why I didn't really work out with my last right, agent, right. who are amazing, but it just wasn't quite the right thing. No, <laughs> I get it. And it's exhausting to have to explain with every project why this is right or isn't right. You yeah. want to just be in relationship with someone who's like, got it. Yeah. Yes, no, we get right. it. And it's about your career, building your career is an interesting, crazy, wild thing. And it's like, that's partially why maybe you don't see me very often. Like, I'm but when we just do, now man. making my yeah. <laughs> debut. Right. I've been in the theater for a while. Yeah, I want to be passionate about the things that I do. I, I want to tell an important story. I want to reach people. And so it's a little more challenging in that way when you're not when you're a little more picky, I guess. Yeah. And and if you have the luxury, you know, everyone yeah. comes into this with different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I know there were times that I chose to actually do something not as an actor mm. to pay my bills because what was being offered to me as an sure. actor felt like, you know what, I'd rather work in this office or do the yeah. temp thing or work in I loved working in restaurants so much. I oh really my did. God. I really did. I watched <laughs> I watched you and waitress thinking Oh, my God, you had to not only learn the music and the choreography and the blocking, but the number of props that you are dealing with at all times and props that have to be in the right place because someone else is going to take it and use it for some song. If there's nothing there, they can't do their bit. It's crazy. I don't even know how, like, the stage management team who teach everybody the show, like, how people keep track of it. It is crazy. It's like if you don't put this spoon down right here, it's going to mess up somebody else's moment. Right, like the whole play derails. And (laughs) it's it's literally like being the, the traffic person in an airport like uh-huh. you, it, it's hilarious and amazing yeah. so how lucky to kind of grow up in a family that not only appreciates it but like gets it and supports it in this incredible way oh, yeah. when you were in high school mm-hmm. sometimes I've guessed and they like read me the list of roles they did in high school and I'm like what were you Patty Lapone? like they did every <laughs> yes, single amazing yes. I was like I was the baker and I was the... so did you have an opportunity it's like all the dream roles were oh, done yeah. at 17 yep oh yeah is uh, that a little bit of what your experience was totally I I had an amazing performing arts program in high school I went to St. Bernard High School and Douglas Griffin was my drama teacher and my mom Maureen Robinson was the was my dance teacher and the choreographer of all the musicals so she taught at that high school for like 17 years and so I she became my dance teacher Is that a Catholic school? It's a Catholic school. Not all girls. It's not all girls. It's co-ed. I'm Jewish. And uh, but my mom by birth there. by like birth. You grew up, so your dad mom, and mom. My mom is Jewish. My grandfather, my my maternal grandfather was a rabbi. Okay. And my dad. Where? What? Shalom. <laughs> I know. Shalom. <laughs> they were. My grandparents were actually from Vienna, Austria. Okay. So yeah, and my dad's side, um, African American Christian. Both of my parents were just very spiritual, not quite like conservative or anything like that. So we celebrated a lot of both sides of the So your holidays. dad didn't convert? No, but he runs our seders every year <laughs> for the family. So he's kind of the token rabbi of the family right That is now. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. So do you know about what year your parents got married? I th- think it would have been 86 or 87. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it intense for either side of the family that, first of all, forget religion, yeah. like black, white, all sure. of it? Was oh, this yeah. like groundbreaking for these families or was it already? 
I think it certainly, I mean, even at that time, it was still kind of like a newer thing to have interracial relationships. But my mom is was significantly younger than her older brothers. They were 13, 15, 13, and 10 years older. So my my uncles dealt a lot with the really conservative side of my grandparents from Vienna, Austria, yeah. <laughs> Jewish. Yeah. And they were very... So they were worn down by the time yes. like the rebellious younger sister came along. It's exactly. like, we've seen it all. They yeah. just like loved my dad so much. My dad went to ask for his blessing for um, went before he asked my mom to marry him. And he said... Okay, I, I give you permission, I give you my blessing, but what do you want her for? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I love her yes. a lot. Yes, but they all loved, I mean, the family was very supportive. And Were you one of, like, very few people growing up who had a, White an interracial a, family? Yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely rare. Um, I, yeah, I don't think I, I can't even think of anyone I grew up with who had that until maybe in... High school, I had a, a girlfriend who, um, whose mom was also white and dad was black. But, yeah, I definitely dealt with a handful of, of interesting experiences and people not quite understanding. And, you know, I remember being at the nail salon when I was a really small kid and I was playing with this little boy while my mom and his mom were getting their nails done. Mm-hmm. And he said, where's your mom? And I said, right there. And he said, no. She's white and you're black. And I think that was really the first time I ever even understood colors. How old were you, do you think? I was probably like four, I think, something like that. I was old enough to like have a conversation, maybe three or four. Yeah. I just overheard. It's so funny. I didn't know anything about this, but I just heard a conversation right before I came to see you. There was a little boy and his babysitter was pushing him along. You know, those strollers were like, it's like a double decker. So like the teenager (laughs) baby was asleep on the bottom Uh and the older kid who frankly seemed a little too old to be in the stroller. But I get it. You're like, whatever (laughs) it takes to go where we have (laughs) to go. So the little boy was white and his babysitter was black. Mm. And the little boy said, "Um, Karen, were you this color when you were a baby? Wow. And she was like, yeah. He's like, so you remember when you were a baby? She's like, no, I don't remember being a baby. He's like, so when you came out of your mommy's tummy, were you the color you are now? And she was like, yes. He's like, but but how do you know if you don't remember? And she's like, because I have pictures, so I can see. And he was like, oh, so if I'm this color, I probably won't get to be as dark as you. She's like, Probably not. He's like, that's very disappointing. So it was like the sweetest. Like, I was like, where is he going with this line of questioning? It was very like, okay, you know, you may step down. Like, like, but how do you remember on the day of the 17th if you were in the (laughs) belly of your mother? What color? I believe you. But it was like, I was like, this is so interesting. And he was like, and you realize, like, he had hoped he loves this woman. Yeah. And he had hoped that over time, if she had started out white, maybe he could end up black. That was sort of his fantasy of what the relationship was. And in researching you and kind of spending so much time trying to watch as many interviews with you mm-hmm. and then seeing so many interviews with Leslie, your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so Leslie Odom Jr. and Nicolette have been married for how long? Five and a half years. We've been together for 10 years. Okay. So he's all, if you tell me he's also Jewish and from Vienna, my mind is going to be blown. No, he's not. 
Um, well, we'll have him in here because yes. I'm sure he eventually will be able to run a Seder. I want to do a Seder oh podcast also. Yes. Um, how did you guys meet? So 10 years ago, just a little over 10 years ago, we did. So I auditioned for Reprise. Do you remember Reprise Theater yeah. Company? So it's like the West Coast equivalent of Encores. Totally. Sort of. um, it's coming back now. But they they were doing Once on this Island, and Billy Porter was directing it. And I was still in college at the time. I was, um, I think, going into my junior year at UCLA. And the theater show, major. Theater major. Yeah. Yep. And the show happens on campus it's there's the food theater is is a big theater in LA that that they so you don't out have to be equity to audition for that stuff no I mean not that you couldn't have been equity I had to be equity to be in the show so but I, not to audition of exactly. course right so and I got this audition because I had made friends with one with the company manager Rob and he was like oh, we're doing ones on this island. You should audition. And I was like, oh, my God, that's one of my favorite shows yeah, it's so ever. beautiful. Yes. That music, yeah. Oh, love that show. So I auditioned for it, and it came down to me and one other girl, and she ended up getting it. And I remember that callback with Billy. I just learned so much from him. He just, like, made it like a mini master class for me. It was Incredible. just so, so wonderful. So afterwards, I... I Ended up seeing Billy and Leslie at this. So event. you didn't know him before? No, no, I okay. was so did not know him. Okay, and um, I didn't know any of them. I was so out of the theater world, really. Like I was, you know, at UCLA and in LA, and really just had only done television before. I mean, theater I'd done in high school, but when you did, when sorry yeah. to circle back, when you did television as a kid, was there any like long running show that you ended up on that sort of took you out of school no, at all? I or? did my senior year, I booked a guest spot on Cold Case, which is such a cool show. It was such a cool show for guest stars because it really is based around. It's, yeah. It's like a about starring you. episode about the, yeah, about the guest stars. So I had to take I had to get my GED <laughs> so that I was technically allowed to be on set by myself and right. not have to be in school because the hours were so nutty for that episode. And I ended up getting, like, I bought my first car from that, from the money, wow. from, from my uncle. That's a good episode. Yes, it was a good episode. I mean, <laughs> a very, very used car, but uh, yeah. I loved that car. And I yeah. it was my first, like, independent time just without having to be with a chaperone and mm-hmm. not having to be on set and school and all that. And I fell in love with it. I got to really go on a journey as that character um, got, had some very emotional moments and some dangerous moments. And I had, I had the best time in that up until then I had been planning on applying as a psychology major to all of my colleges. And Mm. then because of that television show, because of how much fun I had, I was like, I have to apply as a theater major, at least to like one or two schools. So I applied to USC and UCLA as a theater major and auditioned. I didn't even know about like Carnegie Mellon and right. and CCM and right. I didn't know about them. So yeah, I ended up getting into UCLA and it was just kind of a like a no-brainer for me. And then you heard about this audition. Yep. And it was Billy Porter. The yep. other girl got it. The other girl got it. I saw Billy at one point at an event. I heard that they were all performing at this jazz on the grass thing. So I went to support and I saw him and he was like, we will work together. This role... I feel like, you know, there's another role in the show that I would have cast you in in this production. And anyways, flash forward to 
you know, they had been in rehearsals for, it's a short rehearsal process, but I get a phone call. Someone in the show's husband got sick. Mm. And so, you know, tragically, he ended up passing away, but she had to, of course, step out of the show. Right. And they kind of shifted the roles around and they asked if I would come in and quickly learn Andrea. And so, so you could marry Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> Do you mind coming in? Because we right. have a new plan for your life. That's so Do you funny. mind? Exactly. Here, <laughs> just like, just a little, you know, switch in the plan for you. And Justin, basically, this is your path. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. So yeah, I came in and Les was also, he was playing Ogway in the show, but he was also assistant directing with mm. Billy. So he was kind of responsible to help get me up to speed with all the blocking and all this stuff. So... I jumped in like the day before tech and learned the show and we just kind of had this amazing friendship slash showmance. It was completely innocent and just so wonderful. I mean, he we would meet up backstage during Waiting for Life. Like we had a moment off stage and we would just like dance at, in the same place and and each time we'd get closer and closer uh-huh. and <laughs> and then he would like wait for me after I had my solo at, towards the end of the show and he would like give me a little kiss as I got off the stage and progressively that kiss got a little bit more and more <laughs> friendly. Incredible. But um yeah, and we just kind of had this beautiful showmance and he you know was older than me at the time how much older is he he is six and a half years older Mm -hmm. so he was like almost he was done with college yeah oh yeah he was 27 I was 20 Mm -hmm. um that's a big gap at that like when you look at where you are yeah in life yeah we're seven six and a half or seven years apart and yeah he so I was definitely a baby and all of his friends were looking at him like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've always been an old soul. Yes. I'm just, I was just talking about this the other, last night, my friend Josh Jackson came to the show who was on The Affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about just how I, I, like, as a kid, I just always was gravitating towards the older people. And Lucy, my daughter, she does not want to hang out with babies her age. She wants to, like, follow the seven-year-old right. running around. She gets I'm like, it. okay, so there's, that's me right mm-hmm. there. That's so amazing. <laughs> so you finished college? Mm-hmm. I did. You call him Les. Les, yeah. Or Les. Was living in L.A.? He was living in L.A. And he, the first year we started dating, he booked a film, Red Tails, which shot in Europe. So he was gone for like three months. And then he flew me out once I got out of school like, for okay. summer. And we had like a beautiful long vacation. And anyways, we, we were in L.A. together. We ended up moving in. And then he ended up getting, I guess it was Leap of Faith first that went to Broadway. Mm-hmm. He moved to New York. And then I kind of did the back and forth thing. And I think I officially moved out there with him when he was doing Smash. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my first gig in New York was (laughs) for this roundabout theater company gala. You know how they do that one night only performance? Yeah. So they did a one night only of She Loves Me before the Broadway production. And And did you audition to do that, to sing in their gala or something? I didn't sing. So I had auditioned for them a few times. I had actually come. I was up at the end with um, with Laura Osnes for Hope in Anything Goes. Mm-hmm. And so they had known me from that and from a general that I had sung. So they really had become champions of mine. And they called me and they were like, so can you understudy Kelly O'Hara and Jane Krakowski in, in this, you know, one night only thing? They weren't really understudies, but both Jane and Kelly had to miss 
some rehearsals and there was a chance Jane would have to be shooting 30 Rock until showtime and like in the off chance she doesn't make it by curtain. So it was, it, I honestly wanted to say no when they asked me. I was Like I don't want to learn all that material. No, I and, can't. And I can't understand uh, Kelly O'Hara yeah. and That's Frank like, I'm Would you step in for Obama? He might seriously. not be able to be president just for one day. Oh my God. Okay. Right. It was nuts. She's an angel. She's the uh, voice of an angel and oh she God. is an angel. And absolute angel Mm -hmm. so yeah that was my first gig in new york and i was terrified out of my mind but it was incredible and it was wonderful and um did you do it did you end up singing in front of in rehearsal just in rehearsal i had to stand in some rehearsals so i did i had to kiss gavin creel also terrible (laughs) what a horrible horrible human no (laughs) it's just yeah unlucky me now i yeah i sat in for for both of them at one point but jane had to miss for a shooting one day and they had to keep running the show. So I came and sang with Kelly O'Hara at like, like 20, it, I don't know, three, 24 That's years amazing. Old. But it also showed you that like you can, I mean, sort of the way with Waitress, the, the train had left the station and you had yeah. to jump on. Oh, yeah. And I feel like with Once on this Island and sort of all these things, you've been very much training yes. to kind of come in to some huge thing and show yeah. up and crush it. Oh yeah. It's so it's crazy how that's happened. And I feel like and this the same thing happened with Once on the Island when they called me to jump in. I was so scared. I wanted to I was like, let me think about it. And I hung up and my mom was like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Um and then with the Kelly O'Hara thing, I was like, uh, absolutely not. And Les was like, you're out of your mind. Call them back and tell them you're gonna do it. And then same for Waitress. When they asked me to put myself on tape, I was like, okay, let me think about it. <laughs> it's just like anytime something scares me, I just need to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you need to say no and then you need to do it. <laughs> yes, Because exactly. you do have to feel like what it is to say goodbye to something. Yes. To really like process, okay, if I don't do this, mm-hmm. I feel like that certainly for me let me really mourn it. And then I'll mm. always say, can I have till tomorrow? Right. And Dominic, my husband's like, okay, I want you to really pretend that you and I are now going to go see this play mm. and you're not in it. Right. Like mm. he's like, let's go That's through the whole thing. I'm like, okay, wait, okay, I will go in. <laughs> um, you, well, first of all, Invisible Thread, yeah, which is just an extraordinary piece of theater mm. based on real life experiences of volunteers going to Uganda and mm-hmm. telling that story. I mean, when you said earlier that you may not do everything, but when you do it, it really has to speak to you. Mm-hmm. That was a piece of theater that's just an extraordinary, oh, beautiful, yeah. devastating tale. Yes. Um, and you got to embody it in this way that... I did. And I got to travel to Uganda right. with the show. So that's what I wanted to ask. So you guys... So that's a show... Well, I've just buried the lead. It's yeah. about what I just said, but you guys got to go and sort of do research and be meet among... The people. Yeah, we got to meet the people that we were... Our characters were based on, and we lived with them, and we... I mean, they took Did Diane Paulus go with you? No. I mean, she's the busiest human on yeah. the planet, so she Well, next to go. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm... But, um, yeah, she... She, she, we got a lot of footage, like documentary footage of the whole time we were there. So they, the creative team got to see that. God, I would love to see that footage. Yeah. I don't know what they did with it. But yeah, I, that, that was a show for sure that, you know, really made my heart pump. And, um, I just, it it was so moving. Anytime you did it, you just like couldn't really help but sob because of the beauty of the story and the relationships and, 
Um, and you want to do right by the real people yeah. who, oh, yeah. who went through, who, who either perished or survived the tragedy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all about doing justice yeah. to their stories. There's, there's for sure responsibility in telling real people's stories. You know, I mean, I feel an immense amount of responsibility telling Jenna's story every mm-hmm. night in Waitress because I, I'm realizing there are so many people who have similar stories and relate yeah. to that. And I believe that that in order to heal from whatever it is we're going through, you have to you have to communicate, you have to share, and we have to be heard and be seen. And so, you know, in a story, if I can tell this story in a in an, an honest way that can hit people, then people can hear it, and that can that can assist with any sort of healing process that someone needs to go through. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when anyone sees any part of their story, it's also funny. You know, I did a play called My Name Is Asher Lev, which is so mm. specific to an artist in a Hasidic community being sort of banished from his community because mm. where where his passion lay lied mm. wasn't acceptable, right? Mm. Like you can't be painting and you certainly can't paint a nude if you were part of sure. like a Talmudic studying family. Yeah, yeah. I cannot tell you how many people who were not Jewish sure. found a way to make that story like I was gay and I felt shunned mm. or I, I wanted to pursue the arts, but my family were, you know, all doctors. Like oh, yeah. there is a way that art and theater especially can tell a story that it's always incredible to me how it speaks to people. And you're like, it's so beyond the literal it's so beyond literal totally. that if someone sees waitress, it doesn't have to be literally my mom died, my father right. left us, I'm in, a, in, in, an, abusive in, in an abusive relationship. It's about patterns yes. and seeing how we repeat these patterns, whatever they oh, are. Yeah. That's um, what it's been for me. I mean, I certainly am not in a bad relationship or marriage. I'm not going through any, really right. any of the same. I'm not suffering way. in the way that Jenna is, but I had a very similar, there was something about the heart underneath it that really connected with me and my tough experience in the last couple years. This cast album like helped me heal mm-hmm. so much in hard times and I just connected so deeply. And that's also like a testament to it's how Sarah Rellis yeah. writes this music and how Jesse Nelson wrote. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, the book is, it's rare when the book and, and the lyrics and and music are so balanced in yeah. that way where you're not like, okay, can we please get to the next song? Right, right. Um, I want to ask you because... Because we all became, as a universe, obsessed with Hamilton. Um, <laughs> but you, you're you living with it, yeah. right? Like you're living in it. And mm. I know that it's already complicated for couples who are both in the entertainment industry. I don't care if you're both equally famous mm-hmm. in any way. There are moments where one person is getting more of what they want yeah. than the other. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's um it's not a struggle to love, but it's right. a struggle to like. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, want to yeah. be a, to to be patient. And so I'm wondering for you, how did you handle all that? Obviously there's the pride for the person you love yeah. and the show is undeniably Amazeballs yes, in yes. every way. Completely. And it's changed theater history as we know it, oh, yeah. theater future yeah. as we know it. But I would imagine the day in, day out, when you're not in it, mm-hmm. must have been very complicated. Very complex. That's a good word, complicated. No, I mean, we're fully aware 
and grateful for all the blessings that Hamilton has brought into our lives. I mean, it's it's turned the brachot. our brachot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all the brachas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it just has been a full mitzvah for us. <laughs> let's just do all this. I can't wait to be at Lucy's bat mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, it was challenging. I mean, it it was full, like, it's similar to motherhood in the sense that, like, it's every extreme. Like, motherhood, I feel like, is, like, every positive and every negative yeah. thing, like, that you can possibly put into one. It's, like, the greatest joy, the most wonderful and exciting and it's also the most challenging and so and terrifying terrifying so yeah with Hamilton it's not that it's no it can't compare Hamilton to motherhood but in a way it just it um brought some of our most fun exciting nights and days and has brought money into our you know mm-hmm. like we can pay our bills yeah. I mean we were literally awesome. borrowing money from my parents for rent when Hamilton was off Broadway and I was he was in Hamilton off Broadway and I was doing Brooklynite and another yeah. amazing musical <laughs> off Broadway. Yeah, we were making under a thousand dollars between the two of us. Show off, braggart. <laughs> <laughs> and so we really had to borrow money from yeah. our parents. So you know we can pay our our bills. We can. I have the the blessing to not have to take you know jobs that are just to sustain us. You know, um, and we made some of our greatest friends from mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, that community that remains commu- your community. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it connected us to people that weren't even in our community. I mean, everybody came to see that show. And yeah. So we've just made so many friends from from the cast. They've become our family. And then from the people who, you know, wanted to be around it, it, you know, opened up lots of wonderful relationships. Could so. you imagine? <laughs> I just want you to, like, picture those moments where you're in full support of the Mm. person you love Mm -hmm. and going, okay, so his dream is happening. Yeah. Right now, this is your moment. Oh, yeah. Right? It's It's such a lesson in just keep doing what you do. I, I, I say this so much. I've been saying this all in the last, like, two weeks. I just wish I could tell that person two years ago, one year ago, even half a year ago. Okay, 10 minutes there. ago. Ten, 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> On the sea train. Exactly. 10 minutes ago. I just wish I could tell her your time is coming. You're going to be able to express yourself and be seen and be heard in the way that you f- you desperately need to be seen and heard and, and felt. Yeah, I mean, it, with Hamilton, it was just a different phenomenon because you just had, I mean, people were crazy about it you know and there were just so many nights where I was just elbowed to the side or people Mm -hmm. you know talking to Les just because of you know because of his incredible performance or because of how much they love the show and like not caring a second about who I am you know and just being in rooms where you're kind of just like I'm proud and yeah I'm invisible I'm so that was there was a lot of that I mean I remember I don't know if I've ever told this story I remember right around my birthday Hamilton was it was Hamilton was on, was on Broadway. We were heading into Tony season in like a little bit, but my birthday's in April and I I had been auditioning and pilot season had been just getting so many no's and um Les had been so busy. I mean the schedule was just insane mm-hmm. with Hamilton. We weren't seeing each other very much except for when he came home from the show at night or if I would go pick him up from the theater and he was exhausted. I mean, eight shows a week is nuts and he was just constantly busy during the days 
for press and whatever, you know. So I was just having a really hard time. And I was like, I, I don't want to celebrate my birthday this year. I just, I think it was my 28th birthday. And I was like, I, I just, I was really sad. And I was feeling like uninspired and um, just wanting to express myself but not being able to and he was like no 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 no. we're gonna celebrate your birthday just just get a small group together text your friends the people that love you so much and we'll find you know a bar and we'll just go hang and we'll celebrate you and we won't talk about anything Hamilton we'll just like it'll just be you with your, your friends it'll be your night because it really hadn't been my night in a year <laughs> you know and I was like, okay. So he talked me into doing it. And I, it took all day, the day of my birthday, before we figured out where we wanted to go. So finally, we like, I called the place we wanted to go to. And I was like, can we bring like 20 people if, or maybe even less? Is there space? And he said, yeah, yeah, great. So then I started texting my friends and Les started texting some of her friends and they were like, okay, we'll see you tonight. And so I, that night, Les had a show that night. So I went to get ready at home and one of my best friends came over and we were getting dressed and I put on these leather pants and I was like, oh, I'm not in that mood tonight. I'm not in the mood. Like, hey, <laughs> just put on some regular jeans and a cute top. I was just like really not feeling like celebrating, but I love my friends and I wanted to see them. So we show up to this bar, <laughs> and Les is still in his show, and I'm there with a few friends. And then it's, we discover this whole bar has been bought out by Lynn's dad because it happened to be the same day that they won the Pulitzer. And I had no idea, oh <laughs> but <laughs> the entire bar... What, I mean, and they, we were they, they let me in because they're like, they know me. And, they, and I was like, um, crap, so... The, the, his ta tab is open and I'm, I just am feeling guilty like I have friends here and friends are like buying drinks off of this tab and I'm like what are we doing here and so then more and more people start showing up from the show and producers and this and that and it had also been in a very tense time of the show because there was a lot going on behind the scenes which everybody ended up being fine and mm -hmm. all worked out but there was a lot going on and so this was the first time I had seen like Everybody. <laughs> was and this the, when the cast was saying we'd like to be included? In the royalties, it, yes. It, it seems like this may yes. be a thing, this <laughs> yes. show, and we've created yeah. it too. Exactly. Yeah. So it just was the first, everything had been resolved and everybody was happy, but it had been the first time after a very like tense and tricky time right. that I was seeing everybody for the first time. And um, oh my God. in the Hamel bar. Yeah, in the Hamel bar, basically. So everybody starts, more people are showing up for my birthday and more people are showing up from the show. And I fully felt myself having a meltdown. I'm mm. sitting here just drinking a sip of whiskey and one of my friends asked me, are you OK? And I'm like, yep, I'm just going to keep on sipping this drink and then one of my friends like asked me one of those questions like how are you and then I just burst into tears and I really had like the biggest anxiety attack of my life <laughs> at that point my friends rallied around me and we went across the street and I was just sobbing and having an anxiety attack and I felt silly you mm -hmm. know because it's like this is so wonderful but and of it's course. and from the outside it's really hard to explain to somebody why something like that would right. have made me crumble. Why aren't you feeling you know? like a princess yeah, who gets this is to be amazing. in the room where everyone wants exactly. to be? But the one night that it was going to be, you know, about me and about really about nothing. Like, I just right. wanted to hang. Well, not about you as much <laughs> yeah. as not about that. Exactly. So I had a full panic attack. 
And anxiety attacking was just, <laughs> you know, fully hyperventilating. And my friends took me to another bar a couple of blocks away. And then everybody started showing up. And I, all I wanted to do was just go crawl in my bed. But my friends are the most supportive, amazing people. So I knew I had to, like, hang in there and <laughs> not let the night just end like Did that. Les find you eventually? He did eventually. The next week I went, I went and flew home into L.A. to see family. I hadn't seen them Got in a, a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I went to Disneyland with my sister, which that was necessary. Yeah. And then I started, like, seeing children everywhere. And that's when my, like, maternal clock started kicking. And I was like, oh, we're, can- we're in a place where, where everything is kind of happening, but there's, like, one piece that's missing. And that's kind of when I started. Th- and Les, too, I talked to him and he was like, should we start? Mm-hmm. Should we start having a baby? So, yeah, I I got a little, like, of a retreat to go home, and then I came back, and things just were so much better. By the time time Tony season had started, I mean, we had—we decided—the biggest thing that helped us get through that time was realizing— like this is our lives. This is not just work. Work is our lives. It's all encompass, all encompassing, all consuming. So we just need to make sure these nights, that are work nights, are also date nights, mm-hmm. and they're for us, and mm-hmm. we are consciously experiencing it together and sharing it with one another instead of just trying to like get through it, and then like and then we'll connect at the end. Yeah. So thank God we found that in that whirlwind of craziness. And um, and it was really a beautiful, wonderful time after that. It just kind of like, kind of got tricky. And then it, then I had to, then I was on the way up again, yeah. <laughs> like coming out of that. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's been a constant journey of trying to figure out how to support one another and enjoy it and also wait and be patient for your own thing to happen. And it has, I mean, there is a billboard <laughs> it's in crazy. Times Square exactly like across the street from like a picture taken of you as yeah. a kid visiting New York to see uh, Broadway shows and so oh yeah what is the lesson how do you when you say I wish I could go back mm-hmm. I just wish I could tell that person of me mm-hmm. <laughs> to just be as present as you can to really try and find the beauty in every moment even the hard ones I mean if I had not gone through a hard last couple of years um, emotionally and I had some depression and I had, you know, lots of no's, lots and lots of no's in this business. And if I had not experienced that and the challenges of, of motherhood and, mm-hmm. and, you know, surrendering your body to, you know, the growth in, of another human being, I mean, all those things, I don't think I'd be giving as layered and as like honest and understanding of, of a performance in this role as I am now, you know, I just think it's everything that we've experienced gets you to where you are. So for me, I just wished I could have just, instead of feeling anxious and feeling, oh, I, when is it my chance or, you know, which you try to suppress all the time. And that's a natural human thing to experience yeah. because you can be the most supportive person and still kind of feel that thing and just kind of shove it under. And eventually that day will come where you're just like, I can't. Yeah, you Do lose it. it. Yeah. Maybe Which, it's on your birthday. Yeah, maybe it's on your birthday. <laughs> and someone's Pulitzer night. Yeah. Maybe it is. <laughs> right. But um yeah, I just I wish I could just have trusted. Mm-hmm. I'm I like to believe that there is a higher power, whether it's God or the universe or whatever it is you want to believe, that somebody or something is looking out for you. And you're on your own individual path and you cannot compare it to anybody else's. 
So how did you get this job? <laughs> uh, because it really feels like destiny. Yeah. I mean, I have seen the show many times, and I have to say, Nicolette, I have tweeted it, posted it, Instagram storied it, shouted it from the rooftops. Mm. I cannot believe how gorgeous and layered and nuanced and provocative. As I wrote to someone, it's like, she will break your heart, put it back together, break your heart and put it back together Mm. over and over throughout the course of that night. And then by the end, we are leaping to our feet. You know, Mm. when I saw the color purple, there was a moment in that show which was sort of unprecedented. We had all leapt to our feet for Cynthia Erivo for a song Mm. that was not, wasn't 11 o'clock. Yeah. And and when you sing She Used to Be Mine, we are like, it is all we can do to contain ourselves. But we know like, okay, there's more show and we don't want to be rude to the rest of the cast members. (laughs) But it is really like, you must feel collectively what is coming back at you from the audience, which is we want to leap on that stage and hug you. Mm. And our throats are in our, our, our hearts are in our throats. And it's like, I've never seen anything like that, except when I saw Cynthia Erivo in Color Purple. Like it's that moment. How did this role come to you after the journey you've just described? Yeah. Uh, With a lot of love and a lot of heartache about your career. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's truly I You're welcome. Just you don't even have to beautiful no, I mean I have to acknowledge it because <laughs> <laughs> I can't just like move on and say but thank you. That You're means welcome. so much to me to hear. And and it is I do feel that energy from the audience. It's it's so weird because I can't see anybody at that right. point. Right. It's just it's blinding, beautiful and so, light. Yeah. So you just kinda of wait for the applause to die down and you're like, I don't know what if everybody's like sobbing or laughing or sitting there or on their feet or whatever it is, like there are different nights. Everything it's all happens. those things. We're <laughs> sobbing, we're on our feet, we're laughing, and we're reaching for tissue. Yeah. That's what's happening. So it's um, it's such a special thing to get to experience each show. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> How I got it was um, so almost it was almost at my daughter's one year birthday. Actually, it was so I turned thirty this year and my daughter turned one, and we're, our birthday is five days apart. <laughs> And so it was my thirtieth birthday. Les had planned this this beautiful this was a this was Did a he get completely it right this, this time? Was like yes, this <laughs> was a complete one eighty from the Pulitzer year. Um he flew in my my closest friends to LA and it was just like six of us and we went to Disneyland and it was the one of the happiest days of my life. Well, you know, it <laughs> is a than, very happy place. Oh Disney my god. Bed. It was yes. just so beautiful. And he put us up in a we all stayed at this beautiful hotel montage in long long Laguna Beach. It was just wonderful. It was just love, you know, just with my closest people and all that. So right before I left town to go to Laguna Beach to stay at that hotel, um, I got asked to make a tape in L.A. So a casting director reached out to you directly or through your manager? Oh, you have managers. Yeah, Yeah. through my manager. But, um, you know, I've worked with Diane Paulus in Invisible Thread, and I've worked with her many times. And then Sarah Brella's saw Invisible Thread. And um, and then was there anybody else? I mean, I, you know, I kind of and I also had been really close getting a couple things in the last few months leading up to it with Telsey's office and Telsey's office was casting it. So they asked me to make a tape. So did they decide like we want to open, do you think the role had always been open to women of color or was this like 
What are we doing, people? It's time. I think that it w- I'm not positive, but I think it was a, I think the creative team was like, it's really time. Mm-hmm. I think that like Sarah also, I think it was important to them to really like expand and, and make sure that they were seeing all the women that they needed to see to leave the possibility open for a woman of color to play the role. Um, and so I made the tape. <laughs> what did you do on the tape? I sang a portion of what baking's can what baking can do and a portion of she used to be mine and then two scenes with the doctor who Les read with me <laughs> as my doctor. And um and any of us who love <laughs> cast albums we know all those songs backwards and oh, forwards yeah. even if we're not auditioning for it because oh, they're yeah. so beautiful and they sit so happily oh my our, god yeah. yes so I thankfully knew the songs very well because I just loved the cast album so I made the tape I ended up hating what I did and we had to leave to go to my birthday in, in like 30 minutes so I ran over to my parents house where I left the camera and they have this you know, red wall in their dining room that I used to make tapes. And I just quickly, I was like, please take the baby, mom. I need to make this I tape. And I have, I have 20 minutes to yeah. do this. And I just like redid it. I re-recorded the songs like two or three times each. And and then I was just like, oh, screw it. It is what it is. Whatever it comes out. So you sent the scenes you had read with Les and then you yeah. redid the songs. I didn't send them yet. I, 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 just had them all, and okay. then I, when we got to Laguna Beach for my birthday, I just edited it all into one tape, and I kind of like surrendered because I'm because I love this show so much, and I yeah. love this character. I'm so, uh, I was just so critical of myself. I was like, I'm not doing it the way that I need to do it, but but it was too late. It was my birthday. We had to like move on, so I sent the tape. And my, you know, I'm the most judgmental of myself than anybody else. So I'm, I know it was a really beautiful tape, but, um, so they, I sent it. And then from that tape, they decided they wanted to fly me in to New York the following week on my daughter's birthday, <laughs> on her first birthday. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I was and super. And it begins, right? It like begins. the guilt yeah. and the tears. Oh like, yeah. I'm leaving my daughter oh. on her first birthday, which she will never remember She'll never anyway. Remember. But. But, but I'm I doing this That's, for myself, right. and she will respect me for that. You Absolutely. Know? But that was a big lesson. It was so hard. I was so I'm sure. Re- wrecked over it. Of course. Of course, because you're a mother. <laughs> and then I get to the room. Then, so the next day is when I had my hour session with the whole team. And also Drew, who plays Dr. Prometer, he was there to sing with me and read. And I said to them, I said, yesterday was my daughter's first birthday, so excuse me if I'm really emotional. And um, they were so sweet. And just me trying to sing everything changes I sang four songs for them and did four scenes and um yeah at the very end Jesse Nelson was like do you want to give a birthday gift to your daughter and sing everything changes and I was like yeah wait no (laughs) because I realized how emotional I was going to be if I had to do it but um it was a beautiful it was the most beautiful audition experience I've ever had with such a loving welcoming room and I left the room and Bernie Telsey walked me out and I said, the casting director, and I said, Bernie, just tell them if they need to hear or see anything or else, if, if there's any blood, doubt. Some yeah. blood. Do they need, Do they like need one an organ? Kind of <laughs> Kidney? Yeah, totally. Um, I only need one eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if they need to hear anything else, just I don't want them to feel any doubts with me. And he kind of like smiled and he said, okay. Mm-hmm. And he went back in and then he came out with Barry Weisler, the producer. And Barry started talking and he was like, so 
we really want to work with you. And I was I was thinking, oh, he's letting right. me down. There's, where's the but? One day we're going to work. We're going to work yeah. with you someday. It's like what Billy Porter said to me when I right. didn't get the show, you know. And um, he was like, but we can't officially offer you the job until we send your tape to Diane because Diane was in tech for another show. And he was like, but we know Diane loves you. So, And as he's talking, I'm, I'm like, what's going on? And Bernie's standing over there just grinning. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, are you saying? What are you saying to me right yeah. now? <laughs> are you? Are you? And is this he was, basically the yeah, offer mm-hmm. that Diane just has to sign uh, yeah. off? And he was like, we can't officially offer it, but yes, we want you to be our Jenna. And I was like, can I hug you? Oh, my God. And I've never had an experience like that where you, you well, know, so just immediate. hear immediately. Yeah, so how never. long did you have to wait for her to sign off? I waited a week. So I flew That's back That's a long home. week. It is. A, so basically, like, I did the audition on Tuesday, and I think I heard on a Friday. Um, okay. Which isn't too long. Um, not a full week. So, but yeah, I remember I was in my mom's kitchen. Lucy was napping at her house and I was just hanging out there and I get the phone call from my manager and that we got the official offer. And when I got off that phone, my mom and I just burst into tears because, I mean, she had also been there with me like all through my pregnancy when like Les had to be out of town shooting and all. And she had, she had been here for this, obviously, since the beginning, but had seen this entire journey of me kind of stepping back and putting my career to the side and going through motherhood and all those things. And we just sobbed and held each other. And it was a really beautiful, special thing. And here yeah, we are now. Here you are. <laughs> and you're just really, you're really doing incredible work every night and you're putting it all out there. I have to ask and you don't have to do it, but would you just like sing the first two lines of She Used to Be Mine? Yeah, Thank you. It's not simple to say that most days I don't recognize me that these shoes and this apron the place and its patrons have taken more than I gave them. It's not easy to know that I'm not anything like I used to be, although it's true I was never attention sweet center, but I still remember that girl. I feel like I got a mini cast recording of Nicolette Robinson starring in Waitress and many other Broadway musicals for as long as she wants to Mm. do them because not only have you made your Broadway debut, you have given yourself a place in this community that is going to serve you and us for a very long time. And I am so happy that I got to have this time with you today. Me too. You're so wonderful. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your amazing love and support. It just really means so much to me. You make it so easy. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. If 
you want more information about my guests, go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com. I also wanted to tell you that there is now a new addition to the website. It is a button that says Contributions. This podcast is a true labor of love, and I really, really want to keep doing it for a long time. So if you like listening as much as I love to do it, please feel free to contribute. It would mean the world to me. Also, on Twitter, you can find me at Alana Levine. Instagram is Little Known Facts Podcast. And on Facebook, Little Known Facts Podcast. You can also feel free to rate and review the show on the iTunes show page. This podcast is recorded at Hangar Studios in New York City. This episode was brought to you by Pro Media. Located in Times Square, Pro Media offers both production and post production services out of its beautiful studios in the heart of New York City. Pro Media Sound Vision. Find out more at promedia.nyc.